0: Hello again everyone, this is Dan Duva, it's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel. The new year is almost here, and so is Golden Knights training camp and the return of NHL hockey. So what are the pressing questions for Vegas entering camp? What are the new rules about filling out the roster? We examine what the lineup may look like, and how about that schedule? Compressed and unconventional, and the ramifications of playing only divisional opponents, and who are those new divisional opponents? All that and lots more on this final episode of 2020. 2021 coming soon, and Hockey 2 on SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave.
1: Dan, you sound like you're ready to celebrate the new year. Who isn't ready to celebrate a new year? Thank you very much, Dan Duva. I am Some Guy Named Dave. Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, Gary Lawless, and the aforementioned Dan Duva. The Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to everybody. A belated Merry Christmas and certainly looking forward to a much better twenty. The NHL is looking forward to a 2021 season. All of their games will be played this upcoming year in the calendar year of 2021. We've got a few things we want to cover here as we get set for uh, the turn of the calendar to a new year and then a new NHL season. I want to start with the important stuff. First off, Dan, we'll go to you. Did you get any good crap for Christmas?
0: <laughs> I am sitting in a chair that I just assembled. Although it was a gift that I gave rather than one that I received. Meanwhile, I'm looking at a at a new iPad uh that I, I did get in a fancy uh iPad case and keyboard thing. So uh, I also got uh you know some Springsteen Santa related Bryan, stuff and you name it. Santa brought you, you an iPad? Uh, yeah, wanted, I mean, the the people listening won't be able to see it, but look at the cool case that it came in. Wow, the, the last that's quality, quality item. Him. That's the, impressive. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The last iPad, just the battery was shot, the screen was cracked. That's what happens with life on the road in hockey.
1: That's right. So that's good. You and you got a so you got a chair. You were you were telling us uh, earlier before we started to record your dad's chair was going to be donated to the Smithsonian. That's so right. now you have a new chair that you well, can use. And he it's, well it's, he can use when, when you're not right. there.
0: I, I put it together for him. I, I've done a lot of assembling for the folks back in New Jersey, helping them out around the holiday time. I decorated the Christmas tree for the first time in God knows how many years. <laughs> By yourself? Uh, I I had people watching me do it, but I think they, they might have handed me a box or two, but I did. I did the, the lion's share of the work.
1: Well, it's good that you could have some odd jobs around the holidays, make a couple of bucks, be, be the assembly man for for the neighborhood. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. You know, post mm-hmm. an ad. Uh, Lawman, yeah. did you get any presents?
2: I got a fancy doodad thermometer for my uh, for my barbecue, which uh, I took, took. It took its maiden voyage on Christmas Day and uh, i was quite quite pleased with it i won't bore you with the uh, the technical use, usefulness of it i will just say this we'll just plug it time. in and watch isn't it there's not the not the next lot of time, no, no next that. start what it happened. that's not what it does Shane. and you will appreciate it the next time you and i Trying to grill a piece of meat together, okay? Don't be Ooh. cheeky. This is a this is an important addition to my. I bought it myself for my birthday. A old fashioned charcoal kettle grill with none of the fancy doodads that Shane's expensive pellet grill has. So I have to kind of. Uh, I, I I like to be a little more involved. I don't like to go have a nap while my meat is cooking.
0: Yeah. Well.
2: And you, uh, Lawman, you also
1: got a, uh, a don't sell your, you got a nice rangefinder. So now you have no uh excuse on the golf course.
2: Well, <laughs> I've got well you have of plenty excuses. of excuses. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, actually, I was doing a note a notebook yesterday and I asked her questions on Twitter. And someone said, Someone saw us on the golf course, the three of us, uh, uh, Dave, Shane, and I. And Dan, you were not with us. You were working hard somewhere while we were golfing. I was putting a chair together, furniture yes. mover or something. But someone said, uh, Who's the uh, who won? I, and I didn't know who won because we play some silly games sometimes and then they said who has who's the best off the tee i said shane uh who the, the best iron player I said, Dave, and they didn't ask who the best putter was, but I know I'm the best putter, so I had to say I'm the best putter. <laughs> I know it's yes. not me, so we're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Shane,
1: so speaking of of uh, thermometers, meet the mod. So I, it was nice enough to be at the house, your house for Christmas. You yeah. had three different thermometers going in, yeah. the, in the bird.
3: Yeah, I, I nailed it, though. I did, a, I did another smoke. I did one on Thanksgiving, but it was – uh, first time the second time uh, absolutely fantastic and it helped uh, I got a lot of barbecue weaponry for uh, Christmas all the the <laughs> fancy and and I used uh, I finally used my the proper thermometer I had three with three different temperatures so it's a little bit of a challenge Gary I couldn't nap I was I was quite aware I didn't want to screw up because you know I didn't want Gosher judging me um, I'd want salmonella. Speaking of golf I got a new golf bag. But the best thing about my golf bag is, you know where the balls usually go? That is now a cooler. And oh. like a big, I wanted a golf bag with it, you know, because I like to have my waters cold when I'm on the golf course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it could hold a lot of water.
2: <laughs> is it called Water Claw now? Or truly, water Claw. Water Truly or
1: Truly Water. A lot of good names <laughs> for it. I told Shane the thing, it's great, it carries 12 drinks and four golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> that's all Shane would
2: need anyway. What do you do for the back nine? Well, uh, I, I
1: said it puts a pre- more pressure to play well. You, you, know, yeah. you can't. Uh, and uh, so that's good. So on the athletic um, uh, train of thought, I got a boogie board. But not like, because I like to, to boogie board when I go to California, I ride the big waves. And um, the ones I buy when I'm back east are like the, the $5 ones that will crack in half when you're actually riding a wave. You can feel it break under you. And this all so surprise actually, me. Yeah, hey, I know. Yeah, shocking, unbelievable it may seem. So I got a legitimate one from Santa. Like this is real the real deal. Um, and I got a tennis racket and I got new golf shoes. So this it was like rem- a very athletic Christmas.
2: This reminds me of the scene in uh Seinfeld when they are talking about um Uh, they're talking about, we're not men, Jerry. No, we're not men. That's for sure. And they're discussing that because Dan's parents are buying him uh, expensive uh, iPads, and Dave got three toys for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Probably appropriate for me. It's about 12 years old mentally. So Shane that's
2: and good. I got, got products to cook for our families.
1: Very practical things, yes, thermometers. Yes. You have the proper temperature of everything now. So, <laughs> All right, guys, so let's delve into a little bit of hockey here. Um, as we sit, we're closing in on a new season. The NHL and the NHLPA working out a lot of different issues, including And not insignificant at all, realignment just for this year, uh, a 56-game schedule. The Golden Knights, uh, you know, their division, you keep some teams, but you obviously add some others, including Colorado and St. Louis and Minnesota. So the Golden Knights will keep the three California teams and Arizona, plus the Avs, the Blues, and the Wild. Shane, I want to start with you. So they play 56 games. Uh, It's going to be 56 games for the VGK over a span of 115 days. It's almost, it's not back-to-back all the time, but it's almost every other day for most of this. Um, You know, they have a break, a three-day break at the end of January. There's three days in the middle of February. That's it in terms of, uh, of breaks as they go along. So 56 games, they're going to play the other seven teams in their division eight times. That's the basic math, eight times seven. How do you see this shaking up, uh, shaping up, and you know what do you make of specifically how this is going to work from a player standpoint? Playing so many games, eight games apiece against divisional opponents.
3: Oh, it's going to be tough, uh, without question. Uh, you know that's a heavy schedule. I think the, the big thing for these players is the return to play really gave them kind of you know an example of that obviously in a bubble it's a little different now, but to an extent these guys are going to be you know it's going to be strict policies on what they can do when they travel and you know, in the group, in the hotel and in the arena, basically. But uh, for the game playing, I think it was good to go to return to play and see what a heavy schedule is like. The biggest adjustment will be, these are mini series. This is very, you know, like a baseball schedule. And, you know, for the most part they're playing, you know, the game team two in a row. Uh, there's a couple of four in a row breaks, one to start the season. They start the ducks twice then Arizona, four times. And, and it's interesting to me. I think it's going to be great. I think they're, they're going to build up, you know, this that dislike you have. It's going to be kind of mini-series. Um, but on the flip side of that, it, it could get a little monotonous in in the sense that, all right, these guys again. I think the coaches will be the happiest. It makes scouting a lot easier and breaking down film because they're going to know the systems. They're going to know those teams. Um, you're only doing seven teams. So each team is going to really understand, and this is going to come down to strictly execution. You're going to know the ins and outs of these teams you play. So as a player, this is basically about who's going to want to go out and be able to execute more, work hard. And I know these are basic terms, but that's what it's going to come down to. This is a sprint right from start to finish, and uh, four lines are going to be crucial. Depth is going to play A big part in this when you play that many and we argued and talked about the goalie situation uh, to death and it is going to be one of the most valuable tools I believe for the Golden Ice going into this situation the ability to have two number one guys And, and I think a lot of teams recognize that knowing there would be a shortened season and those I think are the teams that maybe benefit the most. All games within their division.
1: There's no crisscrossing North America, especially in the world we live in right now. Gary, uh, Shane mentioned, you know, the sets of two games, three games. There's a couple of four-game sets. They do have six of their first eight at T-Mobile Arena. So, uh, you know, for the Golden Knights, and I know it's going to be different. No fans, and I get all that. But the ability for them to get into their season, be here at home, and try to get off to a real good start in what is going to be a very condensed schedule.
2: Yeah, obviously they, you know, want to hit the ground running. I think you—it's—it's uh, it's a sprint, not a marathon, uh, like it normally is, and then they'll reset for the playoffs. But uh, um, I think you want to win your division if you can, uh, because the pl- first round of the playoffs is in division, and you just look at at who's there. Um, You know, you've got St. Louis, you've got Colorado, you've got Vegas. Uh, You know, I think those three teams are probably going to take uh, those top spots. Um, You know, if for some reason, you know, you end up second or third, and so does Colorado, that's a scary first-round opponent. And uh, St. Louis, now all of a sudden, I think that they're going to be interesting. They've been able to add Hoffman. Tarasenko, they expect, will... Will be back for the playoffs, sort of like Patrick Kane a few years ago. Um, You know, so you 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 save on his cap all year, but he'll be roaring to go, raring to go when the postseason does start. I just, if you can avoid St. Louis or Colorado in the first round and let them pound on one another, Uh, I I think that's what you want to do. I think you want to win the division.
1: Dan, how do you how do you see this shaping up? What do you what do you make of this? Fifty six games all within the division, and and you know, as Shane said, for the players and the coaches, um, it's going to be a good thing preparing for the broadcast. box it's not going to be the worst thing in the world either. You're going to see these teams two, three, four games in a row.
0: It makes life easier for us, no doubt about it. I think it also does something for maybe the casual fan because let's realize there are a lot of diehard Golden Knights fans that not only follow the Knights, but other stories and teams around the NHL. But the more casual fan knows the Golden Knights players. But when you only see the St. Louis Blues once or twice, or you see the Boston Bruins once at T-Mobile Arena, now all of a sudden you're going to be seeing the same teams over and over again. And so I think a fan will get more familiar with another team's identity and another team's players and how they do what they do. And then the next level to that is the hatred for said teams. And it feels a little bit like the American Hockey League or the ECHL, the minors, when you're not limited to divisional play, but you're typically limited to conference play. So that's not seven or eight teams, but it's, you know, 14 or 15 And the consequence is you play a lot of teams in your division a ton. So, for instance, it might be 10 or 12 times that you'd play a local rival. Now, if you have, let's just say, uh, eight regular season meetings and then a seven-game playoff series, that's 15 times you might see one team in a given year and a condensed year. So all of that together, the, the hatred, the rivalries that can come out of this, that to me could be something that not only impacts this season, but a rivalry that cre- is created now or you know emboldened now can last for years to come. So I think there's something fun, and, and I don't think that this is going to be a schedule uh, that we're going to see ever again, but it's going to be
2: pretty neat to see the ramifications of what this year's schedule does. The, like you, the, You'll be able to set over-unders on when, well, Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves, for instance, they yeah. won't fight in game one. But I bet you they fight in Game Four. I'll set the over/under at four. Game Four because they'll play. They're, you're going to play each other back to back. So they'll play each other that first set of games, and then in Game Three, they'll it'll start to heat up again. And in Game Four, they'll have had enough of one another, and there'll be a fight. I think. They, I think there's lots of little um, propositions that you can look at a, a, across uh, the schedule. And kind of guess this will happen and that will happen. I think it'll be fascinating.
1: Well, man, I think you should talk to our friend Derek Stevens at the D and and see if there's any propositional bets. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to wager, though. We're not. Not on the
2: NHL. We are on the NFL, which we did the other night, and it was quite fun. <laughs> this is true <laughs> for the winners. <laughs> made
1: a made a whopping twenty dollars. It was yeah. like this is great. It's better than losing twenty bucks. Sure. Hey, uh, on, on the math equation, Gary, at the risk of giving people, a, you know, a, a popsicle headache here, so the 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 cap is flat eighty one and a half, and it's going to yeah. be that way for for a few seasons here. The Golden Knights by uh, our friends at Cap Friendly, who are usually pretty much you know pretty on target with this, they have the Golden Knights at eighty two. 1474000 in and change. So they're over right now. Two-part question. How do they get compliant with the cap, but also in this season, they're allowed to carry up to 29 play- – there's, there's more players that are made available to them. How do you see them working this roster to make sure the math works for them?
2: Okay, so right off the bat, we'll just do how do they get compliant. Yeah. Uh, they're at just over 82.5 – or just under 82.5 – Right now. That's with 21 contracts. I believe they will carry 20 on their active roster. So, um, you know, Carl Dahlstrom, I don't expect him to be part of the top six. He's making eight hundred and fifty thousand. So I think, you you know, he gets uh, waived and sent to Henderson or put on the taxi squad. And, uh, that, you know, then you're about 124,000, I believe, over the cap at that point in time. That's before training camp starts. That's before you, you know, you've had an injury. Um, that's before you've had any uh, long time, long term injury reserve, um, relief, all kinds of things like that. So, uh, um, there has been talk of the need for, you know, uh, well it's been all over the place Paccheretti so uh Martinez uh none of this is is true they don't need to move any of those players to get compliant they will carry 20 players and then you mentioned you know you can carry up to 29 they'll carry 20 on the active roster and then you're allowed a taxi squad with a maximum of 6 players one of those players has to be a goalie so you'll have three goalies, and then you'll have five guys, a couple forwards, couple D. However, that uh, um, the, the competition for those spots will be fierce at training camp because you travel and practice with the big team. And if, if there's an injury, uh, they are able to access like teams in St. Louis, and somebody uh, you know blocks a shot in the morning skate or whatever, they they can call one of those players up. I believe right till. Uh, Uh, five o'clock local time, uh, two o'clock, uh, Eastern, I think it is. They can, they can make a recall of, of one of those players. So it'll be, uh, it'll be quite comfortable in that respect for Pete DeBoer. I think he's going to have access to a number of players and, um, and, and that will make, uh, they'll be compliant and there won't be a lot of headaches. There are some wrinkles in this. Uh, if a guy gets hurt short term, uh, they don't get any cap relief for that. They may have to play, you know, a game or two with, you know, uh, eleven forwards instead of instead of twelve. But uh, um, the prospect of doing that and having Alex Petrangelo in your lineup and Robin Leonard in your potentially in your lineup to me makes it uh, all all the worth all all the worthwhile. So the extra six, so they'll
1: carry twenty. The other yeah. six, yeah, do they? They do not count against the cap. They, they, do, not. Do, count. they do not. They do not count against and the cap. So that's no. why for them, a team that's well, right now over, but they, you know, they can be over in the offseason yeah. But by 10%, ten percent.
2: There's ten teams over, by the way, right, right now. A, th- a, a yeah. third of the National Hockey League is over, and I think the cap guys have now figured out, okay. Look at Montreal. They just added Corey Perry and Michael Frolic, um at uh, at real reasonable contracts. They'll they'll waive those guys if they if depending on what they happens in training camp, put them on the taxi squad and have them accessible at at any point. So uh, um, I, I think the cap guys are all figuring out this. And if you're a team, an organization that has a lot of players. That are, are are not are waiver ineligible. You can move those guys back and forth from the from the big roster to the taxi squad without any worry of losing them. Like if Vegas was to waive Nick Holden, he probably gets claimed, um, or you know, or or you know, anybody you know up and down the roster. So they have to be more careful. But if you've got a bunch of young players that are on their ELCs and are not waiver eligible. You'll shuttle those guys back and forth all year uh, when you can and you'll build cap space and then you'll weaponize that cap space at the deadline because keep in mind, expansion draft. So there's going to be the the ramifications of the transition rules, the return to play rules. The cap guys are all figuring them out right now and there's going to be a whole bunch of stories that focus on how teams use these rules and that taxi squad to their benefit.
1: Shane, I'm curious where you stand here on where this team is right now. It's a team, obviously, that went to the conference final last year. I think a lot of us felt, especially when they drew Dallas in the West final, they were going to advance um, to the cup final. That didn't happen. And it's probably worth revisiting what's changed since then. Okay, that They bring in Alex Petrangelo on a huge free agent deal. They trade Nate Schmidt. They trade Paul Stastny. They keep Robin Leonard. Derek England retires. As you see this team right now, as we sit here in the latter part of December, what do you see? As a, you know, are they better than they were? The team that went to the West Final. How do you see them right now?
3: Well, I think we always like everybody likes to judge all these rosters. You look at them on paper, and yeah, I think the Golden Knights. Gary mentioned it. You look at St. Louis, you look at Colorado, and you look at Vegas. Um, that should be easily looking at paper. Your top three fighting for the top of the West Division. Now the problem is you got to play games. And there's injuries, and there's, there's so much you just can't predict the future. But I look at the Golden Knights team now. I think they're better. They, they've added a top-five defenseman in the National Hockey League, and Alex Petrangelo, which love Nate Schmidt. Nate Schmidt's you know, a great defenseman. But Petrangelo plays more situations. Nate Schmidt's not a number-one power play guy. Alex Petrangelo was. Nate Schmidt wasn't first over the boards for penalty kill. Alex Petrano Trillo will be. So, you know, he's going to play in key situations. He's going to play major shutdown. Um, he helps them there. Paul Stassi, yeah, you lose a very experienced centerman. This is the area we're all waiting to see. This is this is the unknown because although you lose Stassi, you look at his age, great guy, great player, but he's certainly, as we were using golf earlier on the back nine or on the, Maybe the final five, uh, but very intelligent hockey player. So, Cody Glass, what can he do? We've heard all the right things. Mark Stone's talk glowing about him. Uh, we've heard he's put on size. He's put on, you know, the injury as hard as it was. I think Cody Glass is the type of player that handled it right. And this is a player that has the opportunity. And I'm sure we're going to get to where you think he's going to play. I think they're going to, they're going to give him every opportunity. You're going to see him between Stone and Patch And if Cody Glass, can perform to the, he's certainly got the skill. He's got the vision. He's got, he's got the hockey sense. He loves the game. He's one of those players. It's a student of it. Um, I think his ability, if he watched it the right way. So what is Cody glass going to be able to do? Is he going to be able to live up to the potential? Uh, I I think there's a real good opportunity. He could, and I think that could be an upgrade for them. So center is is so important center. And you look at your, your top D man, I think they've improved. And if Cody glass can be an improvement there, This team could be better. And then after that, it's a matter of going out, playing the games and executing the right way. Certainly the talent is in place. Interesting, Shane, that you say glass between
1: potentially Stone and Pacioretty. That's just my thought. And not Carlson. But yeah, but why do you think that might be a good fit for him?
3: I just think they're going to give him the, the best opportunity to succeed early. And I think... You know, a guy like Mark Stone, you're not going to find a better, more responsible defensive player. Because when you have a young center, I think the one thing you look at is, you know, you know, maybe where's the weakness? You know, all his life, he's, he's been in an offensive role. He has the offensive instincts. Defensively in the NHL, center is so crucial. And I think playing with a guy like Mark Stone, who's so good defensively will help him than another veteran and patch ready on the other side really kind of helps shield them at least early. I think there's always room for movement and Pete DeBoer, we've seen him go back to the Carlson Smith, Marcia. So line, I think, you know, he's played against it. He saw what they can do. They're comfortable. It's an easy fit. Uh, it, it, it's been able to work though. Those three guys like playing together again, this, I don't think anything's set in stone and I, and, Deboer hasn't called me yet to ask my opinion, so <laughs> I, would, but, I would keep the phone yeah, up. Yeah, that's, uh, but that's that's kind of the way I see it. I don't know. What do you guys? Do you, where would you put Glass? That to me, that's the easy fit at least early to help him grow. Yeah, Dan, Ian, what agree? do you think? Yeah, yeah,
0: I, I'm with Shannon, and, and I've always liked you know Pachetty and Stone together. And when Stastny was there, there was that that experience factor, but there was also a, a little bit of uh, lack of speed. I I remember Pacioretty talking about Glass and obviously the youthfulness there, but the hockey IQ. So even early on, when Glass was just in his first handful of NHL games, he was making passes where Pacioretty was going to be. That anticipation you wouldn't expect from someone of that age. The thing that was lacking was you know Cody had not quite grown physically now he 's had all this time and from everything we hear that he has used this time to to get the the size that you would want from him and i i I 'm with you, Shane, that you especially without Stasney kind of that uh, you know player coach, and we saw so often glass and Stasney having conversations that without stasney that that you know Stone and Patcharetti experience could help him to the place where where you'd want him to be and being comfortable and and also recognizing, hey, if I'm out here with the two <laughs> two of the most productive players on the team, that I'm going to be expected to be at that level. So I, I, I to me,
2: I, I'm with you entirely.
3: Yeah. And Gary, what's Stone's track record in Ottawa with young players? Yep.
2: Yeah, he played between Call and White. He played with Call and White. And, and Brady to Chuck, and uh, Colin White looked like a really, that's the best he's ever been when he played with Mark Stone. I think Stone can really elevate uh, Glass' game. The other aspect for me is, is William Carlson a number one center? Yes, but I think he's a B- minus as a number one center. As a number two center, he's an A+. And eventually, Cody Glass is going to be a number one center. I watched them skate yesterday. We're talking on Tuesday morning. I watched him skate on Monday morning and he was standing beside Mark Stone and I turned away for a second and I came back and I got them confused. He is way bigger than you remember before that jersey, that practice jersey was like a it was like a drape on him. There yeah, was a lot in the of room. breeze. If the if the if they opened the door to let the Zamboni in and you got a gust of wind, it would flap. It doesn't anymore. It's hugging him now. Mm. He, uh, either he he's got a jersey size. Either he got a smaller jersey or he got a bigger chest. And we're told it's a bigger chest. We're told he put on 17 pounds of muscle. That's wow. that's a dramatic change. I think he's going to be stronger on the puck. patcheretti is a good draw man on his side. When he's healthy, he can help out in that regard. And as Shane said, Stone is so smart defensively. Uh he'll be able to, you know, to guide glass through so much of that. I just think if glass is there, you know, that line is gonna be really good no matter who's there. You know, honestly, they, they could put Chandler Stevenson between those two guys or Nick Waugh between those two guys, and it's gonna be a good line. I think Glass has more offensive uh upside than those players, and eventually that, that that's that's his job. He, he's the first player they ever drafted. He's a centerman. Eventually, that that's his job. I think now is the time for him to take it. I, I just think if you have the opportunity to roll those guys out and then follow up with Carlson, Smith, and Marciusso, and I want to talk about Marciusso for a minute. Would you put Tuck there? I was just about to say that. Put yeah, on that second line with uh, with Carlson. I, I like Marciusso is in a. Is, He's a proud guy, and his name's been thrown around all summer long. I'm really interested to see how he responds and how he comes back. He's got to score, because if he doesn't score, Alex Tuck is going to be nipping at his heels. And then you've got uh, that internal competition. Eventually, that's going to happen. Eventually, these players that we've watched – from year one and year two and year three, run this team. Eventually, younger guys are going to push them out of their jobs. That's what happens. Are we on the verge of that? Great question, Shane.
1: Yeah, and that to me, guys, you mentioned, you know, where, where's, where does Carlson fit? I think that the nice thing is you know he can fit on either line. I mean, we know what he's done with Smith and Marcia, so right? So you could fall back to that because we know the success they've had. We also know he fit really nice between Stone and Paccioretti. When I look at it, the things that, that most intrigue me, you guys kind of touched on this. Down the middle. Right now, their four centers are Carlson, Glass, Wah, and Nosek. You know, when you look at Glass, who hasn't played a full year in the league, Wah has not played a full year in the league. That youth down the middle, are they going to be able to handle that? And is what we saw from Alex Tuck in the playoffs, which was he was fantastic. Can he carry that over into, it's not an 82-game season, but you know what I mean, a full regular season, you know, is that going to be a launching off point for him? And we can only, you know, we'll 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 see in the not too distant future. But those areas that down the middle, and especially there's some youth down the middle there. When you look at at Glass and Wa and, and Kentucky, continue to take that next step as a player.
2: I'd throw Chandler Stevenson into that group as well because he can play center when called upon. And the other factor here that is interesting is DeBoer will start a a, a game with certain lines, but he's not afraid to decide in the third period when they're up three one. Carlson is going to play in uh, in in between Pacioretty and Stone and I'm going to move Wop uh with those other guys and I'll put Glass on the third line. Like he'll make in-game adjustments like that situational adjustments and uh that's why you know we can get we can these are great conversations to have. Uh, Pete DeBoer hasn't called me either Shane, but watching what he has watching the way he coaches, he'll move things around to have the best players on the ice at the bet in the right situations. Dan, has Pete called you, uh, I,
0: I, uh, I, I have to check my voicemail. I haven't done that in a while. So <laughs> he's called him. Possible.
2: Right. He called him Duva a couple of times. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> possible, but doubtful, Dave. And, and, you know, the, the, question, if, you know, at some point we'll get to chat with Pete DeBoer, of course, and you know, training camp is on the horizon here and, all the questions that you're bringing up are are very interesting and will play out. But the name that we haven't mentioned yet, I find to be the most intriguing is Peyton Krebs. And a lot of the stuff that we've talked about with regard to Cody glass and making sure that he's with experienced players that he's put in the right position, you know, Peyton Krebs, hasn't had that NHL experience yet. He's got the world junior championship uh, going on right now. And like, you know, what is where does he fit? What are the things that he needs to continue his success transitioning from the amateur level to the pro level? And that to me is the the most wide open question as we enter this training
3: camp and the advantage of coming off the world junior tournament right into camp. He's
2: ahead of everyone else. Well, let's do it. So I'll do, we'll do a little math here on that for you. OK, uh, the, the gold medal game in the world junior tournament is January 5th we expect Canada to be in that game. Uh, and then he has not been uh, to uh, uh, home to Alberta to see his mother and father for Christmas. He'll go there for a day or two, and then he'll have to come to Vegas and he'll have to quarantine for seven days and go through a testing regime with uh, uh, with Jay Millette and uh, uh, the Golden Knights uh, med- medical staff. So he's going to miss camp. And I would put Caden Korzak. In that group as well, because if the Western Hockey League is not playing, um, these guys are not going to go sit on a shelf for for the next six months. There they'll be they'll be on the taxi squad, or uh, or maybe there'll be a, a change in the rules and they'll be allowed to play in the American League. I'm not sure, but right now there's no sign of the Western Hockey League or the Ontario Hockey League starting. The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League—they got a bunch of money from the province of Quebec. Uh, and they have the ability to create bubbles, so they could they could start in in late January. But there's no sign of that happening uh, for the Western League right now. So I would think Krebs would come, and and maybe Korzak too, and and start uh, on that taxi squad and get an opportunity to to be around the team to practice, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Shane's right. Like the for me at center, if someone gets a nick. Boom. I'm, I'm uh, sorry, Dan, uh, I'm bringing in Krebs and giving him a real good look. I think he's, I think he's going to be a superstar. I think yeah. there's, there's a wow factor about him that makes him a little bit different than any other center that they have at this stage. Although you know, careful with Cody glass, he reminds me a lot like Mark Shifley and when Shifley got, when he figured out how to get big, all of a sudden he exploded and that could be glass as well. But Krebs has got uh there's something about him. Uh, yeah. I I just think he's going to be a real special player. Whether or not he can he can go straight from junior to riding in between Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, I'm not sure about that. But I'd love to see them try it.
1: <laughs> well, you think about it, two guys. He forced their hand. To he was in the bubble, right? He, right. He, they he you know that's how impressed they were that he was with them in Edmonton for those 51, 52 days. So well, we uh, know
2: he was. We yeah. know he was actually in the lineup. Right. Late in the afternoon one day during the playoffs, uh, one of the veteran players came up uh, sore one morning, uh, and they were all set to put uh, Krebs in. And then uh, as they got ready to go to the rink, that veteran said, no, I'm good to go. And and so Krebs did not play. But Pete DeBoer was ready to play him in a playoff game. He was taking warm-ups on yep. a regular basis. So yep. they
0: had that uh, that trust, that faith.
1: The Sheriff Flawless Some Guy Named Dave podcast brought to you by the Finley Auto Group, Acura, Jaguar, Chevy, and Lincoln. All right, guys, so we've covered kind of what the schedule is going to look like, our thoughts on the team. Now, what in the world are the broadcasts going to look and sound like? <laughs> um, that's, well, I'll, I'll answer the question, probably not very good on either front, but Dan, let's, uh, so on the radio side, what, what's, uh, what's going
0: on? Well, especially the you know for the home games uh, from T-Mobile arena back in the old right. stomping grounds and I, I even just to make sure that uh, in the long time since we last did a play by play broadcast from inside T-mobile arena, I, I neglected to mention earlier when you asked what I got for Christmas, I got some binoculars. so just in case <laughs> uh, especially for Edmonton where you really need the binoculars, I, I, I'm i looking forward to that. Um, Who knows uh, how many fans, if any, will be allowed in T-Mobile Arena at the start. But that's what the home games look like, and a lot of home games early on for the Golden Knights. And the road broadcasts are uh, TBD. So we'll see. It, it might mean doing it remotely again. It could mean some travel, maybe to some sites, maybe not to others. And then we'll reevaluate as the season goes along. But at the very least, there will be at least some broadcasts In the same building as the hockey action itself.
1: Which is a novel idea. But, you know, at this stage of the game, (laughs) Shane, we, you know, we had that interesting experience of doing games at T Mobile during the playoffs. But obviously, you know, the the games were in the bubble in Edmonton. And we were in an empty T Mobile arena with the cement down, not even any ice in the building, calling it from our perch. I guess, you know, we'll take any sliver of good news these days. And it looks like, anyways. The good news for us is going to be all four of us is that for home games, uh, it seems like we'll be allowed to broadcast from our, our usual spots at T-Mobile. Then, as Dan said, we'll kind of we'll see from there, any potentially uh, travel down the road.
3: Yeah, I'm excited. Well, I think we all are to watch hockey live. It, you know, oh, yeah. it was great. Whatever. Last time it came around, I was just happy to watch hockey. Period, and call it. But now, of course, you'd like to have that option, which is weird to say. You know, it's, we've been in the game so long, but now I'm just happy to call a game I can watch live. Uh, it's gotten to that <laughs> point, but that's the reality of it, and, and and it adds, you know, for us as broadcasters, we know it makes us gives us more strength to broadcast, you know, a better show for everyone to to watch or to listen to because uh, you know being on site is certainly a lot more advantageous than not being on site. But that said, uh, yeah, extremely happy we can do it. I think is everything Dan was saying. A lot of it is, uh, you know, we don't know yet. We'll learn it. I think as we go, as, as things progress and as uh, you know, we hear about COVID and how hopefully it gets better here in 2021, which I can't wait for the calendar year to turn on 2020. uh, And we'll see how it goes about travel and about eventually fans. Um, The one thing they've done a real good job. And and I even know, I don't know about you guys, but maybe it was different for us being in T-Mobile. We had, you know, monitors in front of us and you score a goal and you have the sound piped in your head. At that time, the first time it happened, I had to kind of look around because I thought, oh, the crowd, no, there's no one here. But I think they do a good job from, you know, a listening and viewing perspective to, to give a bit of atmosphere to what it'd be like. But it's still, you, know, you can't match T-Mobile and I can't wait to the day that uh, we're able to allow some people back into the building to watch these games. And in terms,
1: Gary, of whether we travel or not, um, quite honestly, it's not up to us, right? It's up to the NHL and local municipalities and whether we're going to be allowed to visit or not.
2: But it wouldn't make any sense for us to travel to Denver right now because they wouldn't let us in the rink. We couldn't do the game there, right? I'd still Uh, go. I like Denver. uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, You you need to do the job, though, Shane. So uh, we wouldn't be able to watch the game live. Uh, I think L.A. is, is... is the same. We don't even know where the San Jose sharks are going to play. So, uh, you know, as the vaccine rolls out and more and more people um, get vaccinated and hopefully uh, our hospital beds start to uh, start to empty and there's, uh, you know, there's less fear and less reason for fear. um, You know, all of this will change. And uh, my guess is, We'll do a lot of games um, off monitor to start. And then uh, hopefully, uh, you know, in the second half of the season, we'll start to be able to go to some cities and do games there. And then hopefully by the playoffs, uh, we're able to go uh, where, wherever we need to go um, in order to, to do a game. It, uh, it, I also think, you know, for fans in Las Vegas, if the Golden Knights do get to the Stanley Cup, uh, I, I think uh, you know, and if they were to win the Stanley Cup, I think they'll be in a lot better situation to take part in a celebration uh, this summer than they would have been last summer. And uh, um, I, I like I'm, I'm really for the Tampa Bay Lightning, great that they won, but uh, if the Golden Knights were to win, I'd love it to happen right here in at T-Mobile Arena with eighteen thousand plus losing their minds up in the stands and looking down at the ice at uh, at their team. I think that would be the, the, the ideal situation.
1: Well, step one towards that is the Golden Knights will start their season January the 14th at home against Anaheim. They have a two-game set against Anaheim, as we mentioned, six of the first eight at the Fortress as well. The regular season will end May 8th. And then to Gary's point, if the golden Knights do make a long run, they would play until uh, the middle of July. That's when the Stanley cup final uh, would end this year. But uh, guys, it's been, uh, it's been fun. As Shane mentioned, um, 2021 can't come fast enough, and it it's going to be here before we know it. But uh, any quick thoughts on on resolutions for the new year? Mine would be uh, just get to the new year, and then we'll take it from there. Anything, uh, Sheriff, anything you're, you're thinking about?
3: Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those years uh, the resolution is just uh, let, let's have a good year ahead of us here. Let's yeah. hope things go well. And, uh it's not about a personal resolution this year i think this is a universal resolution for for everyone to to try and get back to a little bit of normalcy in our lives
1: i agree guys health for everybody above everything else
2: yeah I, you know i i i think we're doing too much uh apart right now and i think we need to do a lot more together as uh, as as a society and and work together to to, to protect one another and to to give one another a chance to to flourish and I, I I really hope we can we can find that I'm a cynic and you guys know me I can be a grumpy Gus or whatever but uh, I I just like to see us all pull together a little bit that's all Dan well, you I'm work grumpy. with Grumpy
0: Gus uh, you have the last word
2: yeah well I'm a little bit of a curmudgeon myself yes Gary so we're, we're a good to. fit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gary hasn't gotten the evil stare in the radio booth in quite a while. So I, I suppose that uh, th- I think that Gary's word together. Uh, takes on a a few different thoughts for me. And and it's not only physically being together, but also thinking about each other. We've all kind of endured this period of time. And it's natural when you're by yourself, you think about, you know, how am I going to get through this? What am I going to do to try to get better? And and so on and so on. And I think that uh, as we start to hopefully be around each other more, we can also think about each other more and uh, think about what we can all do together.
1: Well, great words said with Dan, and uh, we'll all be back together again soon. We wish everyone a happy new year and a great 2021. And uh, the Golden Knights will be back here soon enough, January the 14th. That does it for this episode of the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll talk to you again next time.